final episode of How to Think Like an Emergency Physician. I've been going through Ruben Strayer's content to kind of analyze all the awesome points that he makes, and I hope you guys are getting some valuable stuff out of this. In this episode, I don't want to introduce any new content. I just want to go through and kind of analyze all the super key points I think he makes and just put it all in one short, concise episode um, to kind of really drive home the really good points that he has. And the first one is, in the emergency medicine setting, we do not have time for the full bottom to top approach. We don't have time to form a huge list of differentials, do a full history, full physical exam, do all these tests, arrive at a diagnosis, and then treat. We have to use the top down approach. So the example we gave is the acute dyspnea patient. You know, that's the diagnosis and we need to, what does the patient need? We need to treat that patient and then kind of do some tests to further refine that treatment. But we need to ask what does the patient need, not what does the patient have. Then we talked about the four responsibilities that the emergency physician has. And number one is resource stewardship. And this is the one we really have very little control over. You know, we kind of need to order certain tests. You know, there's a lot of liability in emergency medicine, so we don't have a lot of ability to control this. Maybe there's a little more control in the ambulances. There's other resources available, BLS units and stuff like that. But we really can't focus on that point a whole lot. The second big point and responsibility is customer service. And everybody hates this one, but whether or not you like it, you're, if you're gonna be in emergency medicine for any period of time, you have to be good at customer service. You have to be able to talk to patients and make them feel cared for and make them see the high quality care that you're actually providing them. Good evidence-based medicine does not always equal good customer service. So you have to be good at both things to make patients feel cared for. And a lot of this is just managing expectations and making the patient aware that we may not get a clear diagnosis today. Oftentimes that is the case in the ER. And the better you can get at this customer service component, the less burned out you're gonna be. You're gonna have less patient complaints, patients are gonna be nicer to you, they're not gonna be less angry when they're discharged. So it's an important point to get good at, I think, in order to, to be in emergency medicine for a long period of time. Third is symptom relief. And you don't wanna get so caught up in forming your list of differentials and ordering tests and going about your day that you forget to actually address the patient's symptoms. That's what they're here for and that's what matters to them. So order the pain medications, give them the antiemetics and actually treat their symptoms while you're getting the workup. Ask the patient if they want something for their pain while they're waiting. And the last, the fourth biggest responsibility that emergency physicians have is patient safety. This is what we spend the vast majority of our time on. And it boils down to resuscitation and identifying dangerous conditions. He talks about the dangerous conditions wheel. So we only have a certain amount of differentials that we care about. We don't care if the patient has costochondritis or gastroenteritis. We care about all the differentials on that list that the patient doesn't have. And our job is to rule them out with the HPI, the review systems, and the physical exam. All those different parts of the HPI, review systems, and the physical exam are very directed in order to narrow down that list. The other wheel he talks about is the interventions wheel. We only have a certain number of interventions depending on what the patient is complaining of. We have med medications, we have tests, we have procedures. What does the patient need from that interventions wheel when they present? The more sick the patient is, the less you're concerned about the dangerous diagnosis wheel and the more you're concerned about the interventions wheel. The sicker they are, you're immediately going to interventions. Then we talked about Dr. Strayer's system itself. And step number one is identify the patients that need resuscitation, get them roomed immediately, call the hospital ahead of time to get a room ready. Then the second step in the vast majority of the patients, we're just identifying dangerous conditions. You're doing that with your HPI, your review systems, your physical exam, and finally your tests. You're narrowing down that list narrower and narrower 
figuring out all the things the patient doesn't have to rule out all the dangerous conditions. And have a plan for negative workup. A lot of our workups are completely negative, so what's your plan if that happens? Have that in your mind before the, the entire workup is back. And positive results are easy because positive results usually warrant an action in and of itself. An admission, general surgery consultation, those are usually pretty easy to deal with. Run the board after each new patient and chart after you've placed your orders. Always place the orders first because you're inevitably gonna get interrupted, so you need the orders in, and then you chart on the patient. Manage interruptions appropriately, whatever system works for you. You cannot multitask effectively. All you can do is a series of tasks quickly and efficiently. So manage them, whatever system works well for you. If the HPI and physical exam on the patient are very limited, expand your workup, don't contract it. That's a super important point. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This one was just a really concise summary of Ruben Strayer's information, um, the stuff that I found the most helpful that I've tried to implement in my practice, the stuff that I really feel that paramedics and uh, emergency medicine APPs alike can really benefit from, and it might have just further clarified methods you already use. But either way, I hope this information was really helpful for you guys. Again, check out his website, emupdates.com. Great information on there. Thanks again for him to allowing me to use this content. Um, if you guys thought this was great, then please subscribe, like, comment. Um, the more you guys can interact with me, the more I can create this content for you. And remember that there's very few jobs or careers or professions where you can actually save someone's life and you actually have that opportunity. And it doesn't come very often, so you gotta be ready when it's there. So thanks guys for checking out this video and uh, see you again soon.